Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. Apparently, my intro is not working, but that's okay. We've got a ton to talk about because the Lakers just beat the Phoenix Suns. That's right. Took them down thanks to Anthony Davis. Incredible performance from him. Is he back? He sure looked like the Anthony Davis that we saw last year in the playoffs. That's two games in a row that AD has looked like his old self again. Also, some scary moments, though, where it looked like he could be on the verge of suffering another another injury. At one point, he even reached back and grabbed his calf. I certainly held my breath. I know a lot of you were, too. We're going to break the whole thing down. What did the Lakers do to get the win? What does it mean in terms of the standings? What does it mean for Anthony Davis? Tons to break down. Obviously, Solo show, just me and all of you tonight. So I'm going to be taking all of your questions and comments. And also, for those of you watching the YouTube version, if you're not watching or not listening on the uh, the podcast version over on Apple Podcasts, you can see it looks like I'm in a construction zone right now. And that's basically because I am. What's going on is actually my a temporary studio is being built for me right back here. It's going to be done in just a few days, but it's not pretty right now. But don't worry, in a few days, It'll be more of a normal studio while we work on the the big studio that we're still uh, uh, producing at this point. So that's why it looks like I'm in a construction zone because the space that's going to be a little temporary studio slash office for me is under construction at the moment and will be done shortly. So there you go. All right, guys, let's get into this game. Incredible game for the Lakers. No Kyle Kuzma in this one. We found out before the game, and actually we, they uh, mentioned yesterday that he was doubtful to play. But we found out for certain before the game that Kuzma was unlikely to play. He was dealing with lower back issues. LeBron James out. Dennis Schroeder out. We've, it's been too long, though, since we've seen one of these kind of step-up performances from the Lakers where everybody chips in, makes big plays, and they come up with this improbable win. It's been too long since we've seen that. Last time was... Uh, a little while ago against the Denver Nuggets. And so this win, I think it does a nice job of giving the Lakers a little bit of a boost heading into this home stretch here. And we will get into the standings in just a minute. But the Lakers do win 123 to 110. You look across the board and you look at the stat- at the stats. Everything looks fantastic. Everything you would look for to win a game aside from the Suns shooting. The Sun, the sun shot very, very well. 53% from the field, 44% from three. The Suns have got to be kicking themselves right now, thinking, how did we shoot this well and lose this game? 84% from the line as well. Yet the Lakers, they won the major battles that we always talk about. The turnovers, 13 turnovers for the Lakers, 15 for the Suns. The offensive rebounds, my goodness, utter domination on the glass. I have been waiting for this for so long. You guys have heard me talking about how I wanted to see the Lakers unleash Andre Drummond to go and attack the offensive glass today. They certainly did that 14 offensive rebounds for the Lakers compared to just three for the Suns, seven offensive boards for Andre Drummond. Not a perfect night for him though. We'll get into that in just a bit. And then shooting the basketball 48%, 49% really when we round up from the field. 43% from three for the Lakers. Yeah, 43% for a bad three-point shooting team in the Lakers. You will certainly take that. 41 free throws. They won all the battles you think they need to win. The free throw battle, offensive rebounds, turnovers, shot well from deep. And it was still a fairly close game. The Suns kept it close because they shot the ball so well. But again, the Lakers, they checked all of the boxes tonight that they needed to in order to get a win against a very good team, the number two team right now in the Western Conference, and potentially 
the team the Lakers could see in the first round of the playoffs. And I think you guys got a little little sneak peek of why I've been saying I'm not too upset about the Lakers maybe finishing in the seventh seed and getting the Suns in the first round. Not that I don't think the Suns can play play better or that I think the Lakers will shoot 43% from three forever. No, I don't think that those things are going to happen. I think the Suns can be better in some key areas. I think the Lakers will see a little bit of regression from three. I expect a battle no matter who the Lakers are playing. But I think we saw some ways that the Lakers match up pretty well with the Phoenix Suns and why I wouldn't be too upset if that's the team they wind up getting in the first round. All right, let's get into some of your questions and comments. Terrence P., let's dive right into this because this is what we've been talking about for a while now on YouTube. Trevor, what did you think of Vogel finally running Harrell at power forward with Gasol at center? So we got to see that twice tonight. We saw that in the first half, and then we saw it a little bit at the end of the third. Actually, it was into the fourth quarter. And uh, the second time we saw it, it didn't last long. It was like, I mean, not even a minute. Vogel yanked it real quick because the Lakers gave up two quick threes where the transition defense wasn't there, the ability to close out wasn't there, and Vogel put a stop to it very, very fast because it looked like the Suns were going to come back. But in the first half, we saw it a little bit more, and you saw basically how it would have to work, where you had Marcus All camped out behind the three-point line. In fact, they had him up uh, up top most of the time where he could act as a passer, and then Trez operating in the post. Offensively, that's what we've been saying all along. That's how this pairing works on the offensive end of the floor. Gasol acts as your floor spacer, Montrezl Harrell does the dirty work down low in the post, which, you know, again, on paper, that should work just fine. The question is defense. Can Montrezl Harrell defend fours? That is the question mark, right? But it's also the question mark when Montrezl Harrell is at the five, which is kind of interesting, right? When we look at this discussion of Montrezl Harrell, the question is, can he really defend true fives? When you look at a, a Yusuf Nurkic, Nikola Jokic, these guys tend to give him some problems. If eats a Zubats, on and on and on. These true big centers can give Trez problems at the five. So can you get away with playing him at the four? Is he a negative there as well defensively? I mean, it is very matchup based. Overall, though, to get to your question, Terrence, we didn't see enough of it to really pass any kind of real judgment. But by what we saw in that first half, I was at least encouraged in some way by what we saw in the offensive end of the floor. Enough to where I would like to see it a little bit more. I would like to give that more of a shot. You notice tonight, though, Markeith Morris was not in the rotation as Trez was brought in. So I don't know if this is something that we're going to see consistently or if this was more of a Vogel needing to get Trez out onto the floor, needing to get Gasol out on the, onto the floor. And it just happened to be Markeith Morris's turn in the rotation to not be in there. That's what I think is probably happening more than this being a real rotation that we're going to see come playoff time. Could be wrong, though. We'll find out if he goes back to it next game. All right, let's get into a few more of these. People saying they almost lost their lead. Yeah, look, they did. But again, the Suns are a good team. This is a very good team that's been good all season long. Yeah, They weren't going away. Campaign went nuts. Cameron Payne went uh, went berserk, just hitting everything, and that kept the Suns close. But think about it. If the Lakers weren't doing all the other things they did out there, this could have been a very easy Suns win based on how well they shot against a good Lakers defense, right? But the Lakers, their ability to dominate on the boards and do all the other things, keep their turnovers down, all of that stuff allowed them to get away with the win. And I guess, really, let's not bury the lead here. Anthony Davis, even though I've already done it to a degree, Anthony Davis, 42 points, 12 boards, 5 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. 
Oh my goodness. 13 of 27 shooting. 15 of 17. 17 free throws tonight for Anthony Davis. Good Lord. What a performance from him. Wow. When the Lakers needed him to step up, he sure did. And this, Anthony Davis, this is the AD that we saw last year in the playoffs. This is the guy that we came into the season saying if he just continues on that trajectory, if he is still the playoff version of Anthony Davis, he's an MVP candidate. And that is certainly what he played like tonight. Great, great sign. This is what the Lakers have been wanting to see out of him. He was rusty to start. And again, he was out for over two months. Maybe that's to be expected, right? Understandable. Didn't look great. Had some rough moments. Wasn't shooting the ball well. But now it feels like he's starting to get his legs under him. And we're starting to see that old Anthony Davis come back. But I am still nervous, guys. I was saying this in a group chat with all the uh, the other Lakers Nation staffers. I said, you know what? I want a rule change. I want a rule change for the camera work in the NBA when the Lakers are playing. If Anthony Davis goes down, the camera does not leave him. I don't care if the play goes down to the other uh, other end of the floor. You keep the camera on Anthony Davis. I'm tired of holding my breath and waiting for the camera to get back to him because that is frankly more important than anything going on in the game. If Anthony Davis goes down, let's stick with him because that, that matters a heck of a lot more than a sun's break going the other way. Obviously not really going to happen, but there were some nervy moments tonight where AD went crashing to the floor. I was certainly concerned. I know a lot of other, other Lakers fans were definitely concerned. So, man, look, great performance from Anthony Davis, but I'd feel a bit better if he didn't crash to the floor so often as he did tonight in this one. Uh, Robert Gonzalez said, Hey, Trevor, what are your thoughts? Just flew past me. I saw the start of it. I'm trying to get back to it, Robert. What are your thoughts on the Caruso Goats play tonight for a guy who likes to play off the ball? Look, Alex Caruso has been impressive these last two games for a guy who he doesn't want the spotlight. It's not his game. It's not his game. It's not his personality. It's not any of that. Alex Caruso prefers to play alongside players who are better than he is. That's what he wants. And he wants to be the guy off the ball. He doesn't want to be the guy in the spotlight with the basketball. He wants to be the guy who everybody else is looking at the star. Everybody else is looking at Anthony Davis. Everybody else is looking at LeBron. They're doing their thing. Dennis Schroeder, whatever. Caruso's the guy who wants to sneak along the baseline for the smart cut when everybody else looks away. He wants to be the guy that doesn't come in necessarily for the highlight reel block that might not get a steal, but he's always going to put himself in the right position defensively. He's going to make winning plays when it matters. That's Alex Caruso. And yet for these last two games, the Lakers have had to ask him to be more aggressive looking for his own offense, to be more aggressive initiating and getting other people involved. And he's done really well. Six for 11 tonight, eight assists, 17 points while playing through an injury of his own. Two great performances out of Alex Caruso, frankly. And this is why this right now is why come playoff time, it would not shock me at all if Alex Caruso is in closing lineups. If the Lakers go Anthony Davis at the five and the other player coming in, well, an Andre Drummond, Gasol, Trez, the bigs are off, is Alex Caruso. Because Frank Vogel can trust him to go in and bring whatever it is the team needs. 
Two great nights, and I know the Lakers didn't get the win last time around. This time helped helped out big time getting the win. Really nice performance out of him, and I've been very impressed by the resurgence we've seen because it felt like he kind of dipped down for a little bit there. And now that the Lakers really needed to step it up, here's Alex Caruso making big plays. Somebody said your backdrop is fire, Trevor. Yeah, I, I'm in a construction zone right now, guys. <laughs> Might put you in the closet. No, I explained at the top of the show. This, if I if I was okay with just moving the camera right now and, and feeling like I could put it back in the right spot, I would show you guys. This is actually a new studio that's being built right here. It's even just a kind of a temporary one, eventually just going to be an office while the full studio is going to get built out. But at least it'll be my home for a month or two, something like that, while then the other studio gets built. So that's what's happening right now, and we just happen to be at the point in the process where it looks like we're under construction, because we are. All right, let's get into one more of these, and then I need to get into the Next Man Up Award. All right, so I've seen this a lot. Reviving Souls from YouTube said, sorry, but I'm glad that, oh, somebody said Master Lock Trevor's backdrop. Uh, that's fair. That's probably fair at this point. This this is probably the most beat up backdrop that we've uh, that we've seen. And somebody said you can set up a virtual backdrop. Yeah, but I thought it was more interesting just kind of showing you guys what's going on here. And you could see this and see that uh, there's work being done here. All right, so... Somebody mentioned that they liked that Alex or they liked that uh, Kyle Kuzma was not playing tonight. And here's the thing, right? Kyle Kuzma's had a really good season. Yeah, he was bad in that last game against the Blazers in terms of his shooting. He missed a lot of shots. But I felt like everybody latched onto that one bad game and forgot that the game before he dropped he dropped 25. Like that was a bad performance. But it felt like the one bad performance erased all of the goodwill in the mind of, of some Lakers fans. Maybe these were fans that hadn't been watching much of the season and then just happened to tune in for that game and just assume this is the same Kyle Kuzma from last season. Uh, I don't know what was going on there, but no, I'm not I'm not jumping off the Kyle Kuzma bandwagon. I'm not I'm not saying at this point that, hey, the Lakers are better without Kuzma. I think Kuzma's had a very good season. He's been very versatile. He's done a lot of things for the Lakers on both ends of the floor. Last game was not a good game. It wasn't. But I'm not looking at this game, this win without him, and saying, oh, see, they won because Kuzma wasn't there. I don't think we're we're connecting those two things properly. Okay? You can say you like the guys that were in there that played. That's That's fine. But Kuzma, for the course of the season, has been a positive for the Lakers. And I think he's going to be important come playoff time when you have to deal with some of these wing players. They're going to need him out there. So I'm not ready to, to write off uh, Kuzma at this point. Uh, somebody asked in a super chat, Trevor, the people you work with besides yourself, who's the most knowledgeable? You know what? We've got a lot of knowledgeable people here on the Lakers Nation staff. A lot of them you see me bring on on here. Uh, Daniel Starkan comes in all the time. Our editor extraordinaire comes on uh, on here at least once or so a week. Ron Gutterman does a tremendous job. Matt Peralta does a great job breaking down basketball, of course. Uh, I, I love Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, can always come in from the fan perspective, and he does an amazing job. Always a great time when he's on with me. And then, uh, of course, you've got our own Ryan Ward, who does just amazing work and has for years now 
working around the the Lakers and and he is a ton of fun to have on as well and I got to get him on one of these live shows we've done a lot of Twitter spaces lately as well but he does great work as as well so there's a lot of people that uh, are working under the Lakers Nation umbrella to kind of bring you guys the content that we do All right guys let's get into the next man up award let's do it here um and I, I don't have the graphic loaded for it, but the next man up, you know, there's a lot of players that we could mention tonight. You look down, you look at the starting lineup, everybody positive plus minus in the starting lineup. The fact that tonight there was only two Lakers who were negative, actually three Lakers who were negative and plus minus, And that was Alfonso McKinney, Montrez Harrell, and Ben McLemore, who they just happened to be on the floor when the Suns went on a run. I, I want to say the Suns hit 11 out of 12 shots, and those guys were on the floor at that point. Uh, you know what? Marcus Gasol, only one point, but still made an impact out there. Six boards. Fouled a little bit too much. He's not the next man up, though. Uh, tonight, I think when we're looking at the next man up award, it's the guy we already talked about, if we're being real here. I, we need to give a shout-out to KCP, four for nine, five for five from the free throw line, three steals, 17 points, and that's great, plus 22, which is fantastic. But I'm going with Alex Caruso for the next man up tonight. I thought he was tremendous, did great work on both ends of the floor, maybe took a few ill-advised shots, but 6-for-11 shooting overall. Can't complain about that. Made big plays, three steals, eight assists, handled the basketball, three turnovers. For, you know, look, that's not great, but also not bad for a guy who isn't in that position, who's kind of get got put into the lead ball handler situation because no LeBron and because no Dennis Schroeder. I thought he performed admirably, and so I think he is the next man up. Again, though, KCP, nice night as well. Four for nine shooting, five for five at the free throw line, three steals. KCP is making sneaky good plays lately. It's almost like KCP is kind of kicking in that playoff mode, just like we saw playoff Anthony Davis tonight and last game as well. This was playoff Anthony Davis we're starting to see a little bit of playoff KCP and playoff Caruso as well. But KCP, remember how he made big plays in the playoffs last year? It was like when the Lakers really needed a bucket. I was way more comfortable, and I know I'm not alone in this, way more comfortable when the ball was swung to Contavious Caldwell-Pope instead of Danny Green. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to hate on Danny Green, but KCP was the more consistent performer. He was making the big plays come playoff time, and I feel like we're starting to see that out of him. He's starting to kind of come around. Remember, he was in that slump for a while. Now we're starting to get these sometimes under the radar, but just steady performances where he's making plays on both ends of the floor. And that that's exciting. You know, the Lakers have been struggling lately, right? There's no question. Their, their record has been bad. They've dropped all the way to the seventh seed. They've lost some games, but we've also seen some little sparks, some little signs that suggest maybe they'll be okay come playoff time. Obviously, the big if is health. Chemistry, the other thing, no Dennis Schroeder right now, no LeBron James. Those guys have to get reintegrated again to the lineup. There's a lot of hurdles to clear, but I'm saying we're starting to see playoff Anthony Davis. We're starting to see sparks from Caruso. We're starting to see sparks from KCP. These are things that have to happen heading into the playoffs for the Lakers to have success. Okay, so I'm not saying they're over the finish line. I'm not saying this team is playoff ready, but we're seeing some things that we need to see before playoff time. And that that's great at this point. 
All right, I've got a lot of people, a lot of comments in here talking about Andre Drummond, and I need to tell you guys about this, and you may not be happy with what I'm going to say here about Andre Drummond. You may not be happy about this, okay? Uh, somebody asked what happened to Gary. Gary Sheffield Jr., I actually talked to him tonight and uh, and talked to him about coming on. He was He's actually out of town right now. But uh, but yeah, I'm still talking to Gary Sheffield. He'll, he'll come on at some point. And somebody mentioned a super chat. Guys, they go by pretty fast. Sometimes I miss them. So if I did miss it, I apologize. I try to get all the super chats and make sure that I don't. But occasionally I do. But let's talk about Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond tonight, two for seven shooting. Not good. Not good. Ten boards, four fouls, six points. Seven offensive rebounds, though. Seven. Here's what you might not like. I don't think Andre Drummond's that bad. I don't think that Andre Drummond is useless out there. He's got some games where he's bad. There's some games, don't get me wrong. There's some games where in certain matchups, you probably can't have him out there. But the same is true of Gasol. The same is true of Montrezl Harrell. I do think there is a usefulness to Andre Drummond. Is he so much better than Gasol or so much better than, than Harrell, than Trez, that he should just be the starter and be given 30 plus minutes a night? No, no, I don't think that. In fact, I think you can argue and maybe even argue successfully that Gasol and Trez should be ahead of Drummond in the pecking order based on what we've seen so far. He struggled a little bit with some of his defensive communications, but I think we saw the value of Drummond tonight just with his ability to attack the offensive boards. I think what happens though, the reason why so many people get so down on Drummond is when he makes a mistake, it's like an in-your-face, oh my gosh, how could you have done that type of mistake? It is a glaring mistake. Tonight, it was no in between him and the basket, and he shoots a layup that misses. He missed a layup when all he needed to do was go up and dunk the ball, and this was a crucial play that got the Suns going in transition the other way. He has a habit of fumbling the ball away, missing lobs, easy dunks at the rim. He does some of the more difficult things fairly well in terms of crashing the glass, the work he does there, things of that nature. It's the easy stuff that he messes up on. So that gets seared into our brains because how often do we see that? Not very often, right? Because that was a big moment. It's like in soccer. Somebody steps up and they miss a penalty kick, right? Every single time the shooter is expected to make that. So when they miss it, Oh, man, we don't forget that. Same thing's going on here with Andre Drummond. The mistakes that he makes get seared into our brains and they become bigger than maybe they are really. Or they tend to uh, get blown out of proportion. I'm not saying it's good that he misses a lot of these easy shots at the rim or that he makes some of the mistakes that he does on the defensive end. It's not. Again, I'm not saying he's better than Trez. I'm not saying he's better than Gasol. But I'm not, I'm also not saying that he should just be put to the bench and we need to forget about him and he's useless. No, I think that the Lakers are going to be able to use him. I think he is going to make some plays in the playoffs. I think just like the other two centers, though, it is matchup dependent and it's going to be on Vogel to make sure he deploys him in the correct matchups. And I think the chemistry issues with Anthony Davis have been real where he's struggling to learn the system, struggling to figure out how to play alongside AD. But I also think tonight, we saw moments where Andre Drummond was able to take advantage of the other team, the Suns, focusing on AD, 
focusing on Davis and what he was doing. And Drummond was able to be a monster on that offensive glass on the other side because they couldn't deal with both of them at the same time. That's the ideal situation for the Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis pairing. And we got to see some of that tonight. So that's where I'm at with Drummond. I'm not ready to dismiss him completely. And I think given what we've seen in the past, what we've learned so far, right? Everybody wrote off Marcus Gasol. And as I put out there on Twitter today, since Andre Drummond came on board, he's shot 62% from three, Marcus Gasol has. Fire has been lit under him. People wrote him off. People last season wrote off Contavious Caldwell-Pope, what, three, four games into the season. And he wound up being a key contributor to a championship team. I don't like the kind of absolute decision-making that we have sometimes as a fan base. where We look at a player and we just say, oh, this player's terrible. Get rid of him. This player will never do anything. Drummond's had some rough moments, but I don't think it's time to exile him just yet. And I think tonight we saw some flashes of what he can bring. Sometimes we focus too much on what they can't. Uh, JC Munoz said, Trevor, do you think Drummond will be better with LeBron? I would hope so. I would hope so. But you know what? Heading into what it was that they, they played two games together, something like that. Um, LeBron threw a lob to Drummond and Drummond missed it. And I went into it saying, if LeBron is throwing lobs and Drummond is still missing those, because you know LeBron's going to serve him up on a platter, then maybe you've got a problem. He also fumbled away a, a couple of passes in the paint, as I recall. Look, I would hope that Drummond will be more effective with LeBron out there on the floor as well. That, that's what I would hope. Fingers crossed. Okay, but until I see it, who knows? Uh, Jean or Jean Joseph from YouTube. Lane, don't you think sometimes Drummond looks as if he gets lost? Yeah, that, that's because I think he does. I think he does. But remember, this team has not practiced. Okay, or not much anyway. This team has not having had an opportunity to practice very much. And he's been had a limited amount of experience with a consistent starting five. I mean, people get on Frank Vogel all the time for his rotations. How many different how many different starting lineups has he had in the past even three weeks? Look at how many players have shuffled in and out. And think about this. If you watch, if you've watched Parks and Rec, you know the character Derry Murbles. The guy who is the uh, the radio host that is is incredibly boring um, does a great job. I, I'm, the, the name is escaping me, but he's the guy who does the voice of uh, of Homer Simpson. But anyway, so that's the actor that that plays this character, and he's always saying, "I'm filling in for this guy, who's filling in for this guy, who's filling in for that guy." We look at the Lakers tonight, right? You had Wes Matthews starting, who is filling in for Kyle Kuzma, who is filling in for LeBron James, whose role was being filled by Alex Caruso as being a primary initiator who was filling in for Dennis Schroeder. That's the reality of the Lakers right now. So when we look at Andre Drummond and we say, is he going to get better with LeBron James? In theory, yes. I mean, he should. But I think there also needs to be consistency. Remember, he's the new guy coming in. He didn't get training camp with any of these guys. And the lineup has been consistently shuffling. So it's hard for him to really get a sense of of timing, of rhythm, of any of that, because everything around him is constantly changing. Now, I'm not saying he hasn't made plenty of mistakes. He's made mistakes that he shouldn't, okay? This is not an excuse for Andre Drummond to just get completely lost out on the floor. That shouldn't happen. 
But I think we do have to be aware of the circumstances and make sure we acknowledge that it hasn't been an easy transition due to some things that are beyond his control. I think if we're going to be fair with him, we have to we have to acknowledge those things. Oh, RGN Cal 4 said, Anthony Davis reached for his calf. Thoughts about that? I'm going to be keeping an eye here on the post-game comments, but that, yeah, that was definitely a hold-your-breath kind of moment. That was 100% scary. Uh, our own Ryan Ward saying right now, by the way, I'm just checking the post-game comments, uh, saying that Vogel says, as far as LeBron playing against the Knicks on Tuesday, we don't know about Bron yet, says, says he's still day-to-day. No surprise. Vogel is not going to say whether or not LeBron is playing until he absolutely has to. I don't see anything specific here on Anthony Davis's calf. AD said, I'm getting my legs back. I'm getting my rhythm. We're headed in the right direction. So sounds like he's okay. But yes, that was absolutely a scary moment. That was a heart-stopping moment. That was a hold-your-breath moment. Please be okay. When he took a couple steps limping down the floor for a second there, time was it felt like time was standing still. The world was crashing, right? As it turned out, he's okay. Hey, somebody mentions, I hope it was just a cramp. Agree. Hopefully it was just a cramp for Anthony Davis. Again, I don't think anything specific, but yeah. (laughs) Somebody said AD is a hold your breath every time he falls. 100%. My email from YouTube, Trevor, how do you feel about us versus the Warriors? So if the Lakers, let's assume the time being, as of right now, the Lakers are sitting in the seven seed. That's still the case even after they won right now they're sitting in the seventh seed they should be one game back yep one game back the portland trailblazers but really it's a game and a half because the blazers have the tiebreaker so if the lakers and and blazers are tied the blazers will stay ahead so most likely with only four games left a one and a half game lead for the blazers most likely the lakers will stay in the seventh seed and like i said i'm kind of okay with that I'd rather see the Suns than the Clippers in the first round. I'd be okay with that. Now, Lakers-Warriors in the play-in. Let's talk about that. If that does happen, for number one, Adam Silver and the the NBA as a whole have to just be over the moon, flying past the Dogecoin rocket to the moon if that happens. If you get Lakers-Warriors Two of, according to Forbes, an article that just came out, two of the most valuable franchises in the NBA. The Warriors are actually being slightly more valuable than the Lakers right now. The Knicks are number one. Um, These two franchises meeting up in a play-in game? Oh my goodness, the NBA has got to be so thrilled with the eyeballs that's going to draw. As far as the Lakers getting through, I feel pretty good about it if the Lakers are healthy. Now, with, of course, the caveat that... If Steph Curry goes nuclear, anything can happen. That's the danger with playing the Warriors. Steph Curry could go nuts and you lose. And it's just one game. It's just one game. And that's it. And next thing you know, the Warriors are in the seventh seed and the Lakers are now in a do or die situation against what would be right now the winner of the Grizzlies and Spurs. That could change. There's only a half a game right now between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Okay. But right now, the Grizzlies and Spurs you are one game away from going home and not even making the playoffs. That's the scary part of this. But if the Lakers are healthy and if they can do anything, anything to contain Steph Curry, 
to some degree. You're not stopping him. You're not stopping, but but stop him from going for 40. Keep him on planet Earth. I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll be okay against this Warriors squad. And the Warriors have been playing very good basketball lately. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. But I still think the Lakers are overall the better team. Anything can happen in one game. There's danger there for sure. But overall, I feel okay about the Lakers' chances there. Brian Wasserman, I'm now worried we move up to six and have to go up against the Clippers. We have an easier schedule than the Blazers. I agree. Look, if if this was a game where the Lakers or a situation where the Lakers didn't have to be in the play-in tournament, I'd be pushing more for the Lakers to stay at seven. Again, I would rather see Phoenix in round one win the clip with than the Clippers. And that's not to say the Lakers can't beat the Clippers. I absolutely think they can, but I think matchup-wise, matchup-wise, the Lakers have the better have a better matchup with the Suns. Somebody asking me to go look at the Blazers schedule. Yeah, let's take a look here. Uh it's not easy. Houston on Monday and then you're at Utah, at Phoenix and against Denver. Three tough matchups. Three real tough matchups for the Blazers there. The Lakers meanwhile, you get the Knicks, you get the Rockets, on banner night that's a back-to-back you get the knicks on tuesday then the rockets on wednesday and then finishing out the season you get the pacers and uh the pelicans on the road back-to-back by the way if you look on the espn schedule it still shows the times of these games as being tbd to be determined um shams tarania announced today that these are going to be like mid-afternoon games like early afternoon games all of them all the games being played then, my thinking, and I could be off on this, but my thinking is the NBA, knowing some of these playoff races are still kind of in flux, they're doing kind of like what, what soccer does, where they have these games being played at the same time. So teams go into a game not knowing whether or not they have to get the win in, for playoff seating or not, so then everybody plays, and they and they play their guys, and you don't just see teams just completely resting, which makes sense to me. I kind of like that. But uh, but yeah, these are all the games across the league are going to be going on early in the afternoon on those days. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, when I do look at the Blazers schedule and I see teams like Utah, teams like Denver, I think a lot of it's going to come down to playoff seeding. If the playoff seed is locked, so if Utah is locked in as the one seed, if Denver is locked in as the four seed and they don't have a chance to move up or they don't want to move up, I think you could see those teams rest a lot of players. And so as daunting as the Blazers schedule looks like right now, it might not really be quite that bad. Something to consider. All right. Tom Lee from YouTube. Trevor, what do you think about that lineup with AD at center and Trez at power forward? I think at that point, we're just arguing semantics there. If, if AD is your, who's your four, who's your five, really, right? I mean, that's that's kind of, I guess if you're saying have Trez guard the four on the other team, because I think most of the time, if AD's on the floor with Trez, you're going to call Trez the five and you're going to call AD the four because that's where AD starts games out. And I think that's how you're going to look at it. Um, if you're saying have Trez guard the four on the other team, you can try it. I think Anthony Davis is the quicker and better perimeter defender, but he's also the better post defender. 
So the question is, what do you what do you really want there? And again, that'll probably be be matchup dependent. Will the banner reveal be televised? Yeah, I would absolutely imagine that it's going to be televised. Uh, Sorev from YouTube, do we want the six seed? Again, the benefit of the six seed is you don't have to go through the play-in tournament. That's it. That's that's it. That's the end of it, in my mind. The end of the argument for the six seed is you don't have to go through the play-in tournament. That's all. Because again, I like the path through the playoffs from the seven spot better than the six. Right now, things can change. You know, standings can change and all of that. But right now, I'd rather see the Suns in round one than the Clippers. And again, a lot of that's matchup dependent. And we saw that tonight. The Suns are a team that's very young. They've got Chris Paul, right? But they're a team that hasn't been there, that hasn't done it yet come playoff time. And I will say that I don't think the Suns threw everything at the Lakers right now. I think the Suns didn't burn through their entire playbook at this point. They didn't scheme everything in to try to stop Anthony Davis. They did switch their lineup for the second half of this game. They did try some things but I'm sure they've got a lot more that they can throw at the Lakers come playoff time. In other words, I think the Suns on purpose held back in terms of different strategies that they would try, knowing that this could be a playoff opponent, which makes sense. That's what they should do. Uh, But that said, I do think the Suns are the better matchup for the Lakers because they're younger, because they haven't been there, and because I think you can kind of bully them inside a little bit. And we saw that tonight. We saw the Lakers again dominate them on the glass. The offensive rebound discrepancy, massive, makes a big, big difference in the game overall. So that's why I like this matchup a bit better than the matchup with the Clippers. Uh, Tom Lee, Trevor, Devin Booker had a bad game tonight. Uh, KCP deserves credit. Yeah, KCP did a nice job. He did a, a really nice job. Uh, Anthony Diaz from YouTube. Trevor, thumbs up on Wes Matthews tonight. You know what? Wes Matthews hit a, he hit a guilt-free three uh, tonight where the shot clock was winding down. I think it was Anthony Davis had the ball uh, out, out on the corner and, uh, and Wes Matthews came out to rescue him. I think there were two seconds left and he heaved up a shot and it went in. That kind of shot making can make a real difference. Uh, overall, I thought he played fairly well, two for four from three on the night. One of them being that, again, I call it a guilt-free three-point attempt because he has to shoot it. Nobody's going to get mad at him for taking that shot. Uh, but he knocked it down, nine points, one steal, uh, two boards, 33 minutes, just played good, solid defense. Again, nothing's going to jump off the screen at you, but a plus 13 and plus minus. Look, Wes Matthews, if he can come in and in one game in the playoffs, maybe two, if he can come in, knock down some good shots, uh, and then play defense for you, that's that's all you really need out of him. I think there's going to be some moments come playoff time where Wes Matthews is gun- going to shine, where people are going to say, man, Wes really stepped up in that moment. And I don't think it's going to be an entire game. I don't think he's that guy. But I think there's going to be some moments where Wes Matthews, being that veteran who's been there, seen it all, he's going to come in, he's going to hit a big shot, and it's going to be one of those shots that we remember. That's what I'm seeing for Wes Matthews moving forward here. And I think tonight was was just a, a good, solid performance for him. Being thrust into the starting lineup, he handled it just fine. 
Uh, Tom Lee, where's Chris Adonis? Chris, uh, Chris Masters is uh, is traveling for wrestling right now. So that's that's where he's at. But uh, I believe he's back early next week, and then he's going to be on most of our shows from there. Akuta Bavadas from YouTube. Sorry if I butchered your name there, but what if we ended up playing Utah? How do we think we match up? All right, so how do the Lakers and the Jazz match up? I think it's a little bit worse than the Suns matchup. I think Gobert is simply that good defensively, and a healthy Donovan Mitchell can create a lot of issues as well. Um, obviously the Utah Jazz also have Mike Conley. Mike Conley isn't in the same league as Chris Paul, same stratosphere, but still very, very good in terms of being a veteran ball handler. I feel like Utah went through a lot last year in the playoffs and kind of, obviously, you know, they, they blow the three, one lead to the Denver Nuggets and, and all of that. But I think that they, that they learned a lot and I think they're a little bit more battle tested. So I would rather see the Suns. I think they are the better matchup for the Lakers than the Jazz. Not saying they can't beat the Jazz. I think they can, and I would favor the Lakers over the Jazz if the Lakers are healthy, but I do think that Utah is a little bit more seasoned. Where is Matt Peralta? Wes Matthews had a decent game. Matt Matt Peralta right now is busy just celebrating out of his mind because Wes Matthews got to start and had a decent game. That That's where he's at at this moment. I'm I'm fairly certain. Somebody asked me LAFC or LA Galaxy. So I am on the side of the LA Galaxy. I don't hate LAFC though, which is kind of interesting. You know, I mean, there's this, this rivalry brewing and all that, but I, I don't have a whole lot of hatred for LAFC. I'm more, as, a, as somebody who grew up playing soccer, I'm more just excited to see the game expanding in the United States. You know, that was, uh, that was my sport growing up. I was a goalkeeper. Um, I played basketball as well, but, but soccer was, uh, was the sport that I spent every single weekend playing and practicing five nights a week and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but I grew up around the LA galaxy and they, you know, the, the inaugural season, the world cup training center, right down the street from my house in Mission Viejo was where, uh, where the galaxy first started their, their training sessions. And I still have, it's right over there in the corner. I usually have it up in my office. Uh, I've got a, a frame poster with uh, Jorge Campos and Kobe Jones that's signed, as well as uh, Eduardo Hurtado is on it as well, and Mauricio Cienfuegos. So yeah, I'm I'm on the side of the galaxy because I grew up around that team. All right, Luis Rosado said, Trevor, do you think the fifth seed is possible? No, I don't. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the most likely outcome right now is staying in seven. I think it's possible to move up to six, but I think right now staying at seven. And it depends on what the Blazers do and what the Blazers' opponents do. Do the Blazers' opponents have things locked down and then start resting players or not? Or do they go for it and then the Blazers drop some games and next thing you know, the Lakers can move up? Uh, Trevor, what did you think about the Clippers' loss to the Knicks? I mean, it's a good day, right? It's a good day. The Clippers lost. The Lakers won. That, to me, is a good day. All right. Let's do the Master Lock of the Night. Here we go. All right, so the Master Lock of the Night. Yes, Chris the Masterpiece Master's not with us tonight, but 
from this game, who would we like to see put into the master log? Oh, I am looking at all of your comments. I am seeing a lot of people putting in Lakers players. Lakers players seeing people put in Andre Drummond. I get it. That can be frustrating. But here's what I'm going to go with. Oh, somebody said uh, Cameron Payne because he was shooting so well. The guys, oh, somebody said Master Lock might backdrop again. I get it. I Again, I understand. We're It's construction mode here, okay? Hopefully by Tuesday's show after the Knicks game, uh, which, by the way, we're looking at doing a live watch party for that. But hopefully by that one, uh, I'll have everything all, all set up. But we'll see. Still quite a bit of work to do here. All right, so let's talk about this. The guys, I actually have to give out two Master Locks. I thought it was just going to be one. I'm going to go two. My first one, and I'm not going to a Laker. The Lakers won. This was a good night. A Laker is not getting master lock tonight. No. Tonight, the master lock, the first one, is going to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder gets the master lock. He always likes to try play, try to play physical with Anthony Davis. Likes to bump him. Don't do that. I want Anthony Davis bubble wrapped right now, Jay. I don't want Anthony Davis getting hurt. And Jay Crowder just seems to be that that irritant guy out there where you're always a little bit worried about him hurting somebody. He's undersized to defend Anthony Davis, so he tries to get away with some stuff, tries to be a little bit more physical with him. And here's what really gets me. How often do you see Jay Crowder attempt a three and not fall down? Like that's that's a that's a major move for him this season is falling down when he shoots a three, whether or not there's there's contact. And that drives me a little bit crazy. Now, he's a good three point shooter. I'm sure I would love the guy if he was on the Lakers. But Jay Crowder getting the master lock for that one. And Chris Paul, Chris Paul for the and again, great player. I would love him if he was a Laker. Thank you, David Stern. But. Chris Paul deserving of the master lock, messing with Anthony Davis a little bit, did the little thing where he stopped in front of Alex Caruso and just fell down in order to pick up a cheap foul. Lots of little things like that. Uh, somebody asked, how do you watch the watch party? It's over on the Hot Mike app. Keep an eye on Lakers Nation social media. We will send out some links for that one. But the push by uh, by Chris Paul, not great. Didn't like that. Don't like seeing stuff going on with Anthony Davis in particular. I'm going to be extra sensitive when I see anyone doing anything to Anthony Davis, especially when he's playing at this level. No, Anthony Davis has got to be healthy come playoff time. And that means we do not, we do not have any tolerance for the little cheap stuff around Anthony Davis. Uh, let's see. Somebody asked, is CP3 a free agent next year? I believe he has a player option. And what's weird is everybody assumed that Chris Paul, myself included, oh, he's definitely picking up this player option. There's zero chance that he opts out, right? Now he's played really well. Remember, it was what? Season before last, Chris Paul was looked at as a negative value contract. People said, oh, he's, you know, he's never going to get traded. That deal that the swap with the Rockets for, for Westbrook, it's like taking two bad contracts and swapping them for each other. And then the Rockets did it again with the John Wall deal. Uh, and then it turned out Chris Paul is still really, really good, even though he's 36 years old and probably worth the contract that he's got and could opt out and hit free agency. Now, I do think Phoenix, look, this is the most success Phoenix has had in a long time. It's been a long time since they made the playoffs. I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him around. But it's something to keep an eye on. I could be, and I'll have to go in and look. I, I believe it's this year, though that he does have 
a player option. In fact, I'll check on that right now just to make sure I'm giving you guys correct information. And yeah, it's the conclusion of this season. So for next season, he has a $44 million player option. So he could hit the free agent market. And if he does, part of the banana boat crew, good friends with LeBron James. No, the Lakers don't have money. I shouldn't even say that and go and put that out there, put that out in the world. But uh, yeah, the Lakers don't have the kind of money to go spend on a Chris Paul. All right, let's do a couple more questions and or comments. And then we will call it an evening. Another person asking, is LeBron playing against the Knicks? Frank Vogel would not ask. Uh, Would not answer. Frank Vogel was asked that, would not answer whether or not he was playing. Said he's still day-to-day, that's it. And that's not necessarily Frank Vogel being evasive or anything like that. Um, Frank Vogel may not know. The Lakers may not know. LeBron may not know two days here before that happens. So we don't know at this point whether or not he's going to play against the Knicks. When is Schroeder coming back? So there was an update on that recently where uh, somebody, I believe it was, it may have been Kuzma, one of the Lakers was saying that they were hoping to get Schroeder back with a couple of games left. So that's possible. Possible he comes back a couple of games left would mean you see him play against the Pacers and the Pelicans to finish it out next weekend. That's when we could be seeing him come back. I don't think he's cleared by midweek to go up against the Knicks or the Rockets. And I would like to see Schroeder back in action for sure. Get him back out there. Hopefully have your entire starting five at least. Even if you're only going to play him the first half or something, just to kind of make sure you preserve everybody in those last couple of games if the standings are all locked in. Uh, I'd still like to see him get out there with the team, kind of build that chemistry. Play in tournament, good or bad for us? Leroy Leroy Long from Facebook. So here's the thing. And I saw this argument presented actually during the the broadcast tonight on NBA TV uh, for this Lakers game. The argument was presented that the play in tournament is actually good for the Lakers because they need an extra game in order to kind of build that chemistry and get that rhythm. I feel like the, the more beneficial thing would be practice. Right? It would be practice. If we forget about seeding, we forget about who your opponent is, any of that kind of stuff. If you told me they can play one game or you can have the entire week off and just practice, I would take the practice. I would take the practice. Oh, somebody said Charles Barkley said that. Yes, and then somebody was responding to Charles Barkley saying that on the broadcast. I would take the practice because I feel like the Lakers, more than anything else, they need practice. They have not got, yeah, we're talking about practice. They have not gotten a chance to practice very often this season. They've practiced literally like 16, 17 times all season, all season. So Andre Drummond has had maybe a handful of practices with the Lakers. I think they've got enough guys in that where they're going to want to refine things and tweak things. And I don't know that one extra game is all that valuable in terms of building chemistry, building rhythm, that sort of thing, right? You can always run a scrimmage. In a, in a practice. And no, that's not the same as a game. But still, my preference would be the practice. But again, looking at the standings, I would rather see the Suns in the first round. And that would mean staying in the seventh seed, which would mean the play-in tournament and play in another game. So, take it for what it's worth. Andy from YouTube, what's the percentage of Curry coming to the Lakers? 
I mean, 0.5%. Like it's, it's very, 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 very unlikely to happen. I'm not going to say 0% because it's the NBA and weird things happen. Kwame Brown got twit, got traded for Pau Gasol. Weird things happen sometimes in the NBA. So I'm not going to say 0%, but it's very, very unlikely. All right, let's do two more. Let's do two more, then we'll call it an evening, and we'll put a wrap on what has been a good night. Uh, Jad Mustafa said from YouTube, Adrian Wojnarowski said, LeBron's ankle won't be fully healed until the summer. Should that be a concern? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, it's a concern. Look, if you follow football at all, and you play, if you play fantasy, right, you know what a high ankle sprain means to your running back. It means that for a few weeks after that guy gets back, he's not going to be the same guy. He might be healthy enough to be out there playing, but he's not going to be the same, right? It saps them of some of their athleticism, the ability to cut, the ability to really push off, the burst that is so important for that position. Not quite there when you're dealing with a high ankle sprain. LeBron reported some similar issues, was dealing with lateral quickness issues, was feeling it when he went to really push off that ankle. Yeah, it's a concern. When you hear that something's going to be bothering LeBron all the way through the playoffs, that has to be a concern. However, I also think that if you look at LeBron and you think of you know what players in the NBA can get by if something physically is ailing them that don't have to completely rely on athleticism, LeBron's got to be near the top of the list. He's so smart, he can still get by. Is it ideal? No. It's something the Lakers are going to have to manage. You want him athletically to be as close to his peak as you can get because he's a freak athlete. But I think LeBron can still get the job done, can still get the job done even with the, if his ankle is bugging him. But it's going to be something to monitor for sure. All right, let's do one more and then we will call it a night. I've got people projecting which star will come to the Lakers next. I just want to focus on the playoffs. Somebody saying is surgery possible that you don't typically see surgery for a high ankle sprain. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV, but no, you typically don't do surgery for an ankle sprain. I'm not, not concerned about that at all. Somebody asked Trevor, when are you playing one-on-one against Sliwa? I don't know at some point, but I got to get some shots up. It's been over a year. I am ridiculously out of shape. That's something I got to work on. At some point though, we need to get this done. Anthony Davis, apparently in his post-game comments said LeBron is fine. I will take a look and see if I see anything on that so I can share that with you guys. Uh, yeah, all right. So our own Ryan Ward said KCP said LeBron will be playoff ready. Good to hear that Lake that the Lakers themselves sound fairly confident. All right, let's finish with this. Charles uh, Bradenthal from Facebook said, can you explain the plan? All right, let's do that just to make sure everybody totally understands exactly how the play-in tournament works. 
So right now, the Lakers are seven. You've got the Warriors are eight. The Grizzlies are nine. The Spurs are 10. The way it would work, let's say things stopped right now and the tournament started. The Lakers and Warriors would play seven V eight. The winner would get the seven seed. Okay, the winner gets the seven seed. The nine and the 10 seed would also play the Grizzlies and the Spurs. The winner of that would get to play the loser of the seven V eight game. So let's say the Lakers win. They're the seven seed. The Warriors lose. The Warriors then play the winner of Spurs V Grizzlies. Let's say it's the Grizzlies. The Spurs are the Grizzlies and the Warriors then play. Let's say the Warriors win. They would be the eighth seed. Okay. So if you are seventh or eighth, you have to win once. You have two opportunities to win once and you're in. That's the way, that's the benefit of being either seven or eight. If you're nine or 10, you have to win twice in order to get in. You have to beat, if you're the nine seed, if you're the Grizzlies, you would have to beat the Spurs and then beat whoever loses out of Lakers Warriors in order to get in. Okay, that's the way the NBA set it up. That's the way the tournament works. So that's what we're looking at here. Again, if the Lakers, let's say it's Lakers Warriors, seven, eight, the Lakers win the first game, done. They're in the playoffs. They're the seven seed. If they lose, they have to play the winner or the winner of the 9-10 matchup. That's how that works. All right, guys. Appreciate everybody joining me. Obviously, great night, great performance. We've needed this, haven't we? We've needed a night like this from the Lakers, and they look great. They were hitting shots. The threes were dropping. Anthony Davis looked MVP caliber. I love it. I love it. You know what we saw? We were starting to see a lot of negativity. A lot of negativity in the... Somebody said Trevor Math is not your strong suit. Maybe. Might have been. I was. I taught history, guys. I didn't teach math. But uh, this was a great night. Anthony Davis looked MVP caliber. The Lakers looked good. The threes were dropping. They were doing all the little things that we talked about. Working on the boards. The turnovers, keeping those down. Getting to the free throw line. Things clicked. And it's been too long since we've had a night like this. So enjoy it. And then Tuesday, we get right back at it against the New York Knicks. As we're getting ready, the playoffs are almost here. Four games to go. All right, everybody. Make sure you subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.